Special Agent Gracie Hart is going undercover. I'm an FBI agent, all right? I'm not a performing monkey in heels. She's trading her badge for a bikini. I'm not going to parade around in a swimsuit like some airhead bimbo. And her gun for a gown. What, no armored car? But nobody said she had to like it. Smile. I would so love to hurt you right now. Miss Congeniality. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your old millennial host, Angelo Shiko, here with my old millennial co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi. And what you just listened to, that's right, Miss Congeniality from 2000, because people, it may be January by the time you listen to this, Yeah, but this is a little thing we like to call... Sandy New Year. Sandy New Year. Usually, it's our first podcast of a given year, in that we we did it two times previously. <laughs> but now it's it's we've done it for a third time. Although technically, it wasn't the first one that we did of 2021. But still, we're de- we've done it. It's the third time. It's a tradition. Mm-hmm. Sandy New Year. It is a Sandra Bullock movie from our time period. Go back into the archives and check out our episodes on the net. And while you were sleeping. Yes, was that a question? The question is not in the title, <laughs> While You Were Sleeping? While You Were Sleeping? It's while You the Were net? Sleeping. The Net? No, we definitely did those. I just had to think of the titles at the first second there. And now yeah. we're doing Miss Congeniality. Yeah. For Sandy New Year. Super excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Tyler. Mm. I was talking to my mom last week, and our nephew's uh, teacher is... Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock. <gasps> no, it, she is a, a person who is a teacher, and she legitimately wants to be Miss USA. Like she's in the whole pageant scene. Okay, how old is she? Young. This is a good question. Probably twenty. She's a brand new teacher, twenty-two. Okay, this is this that will lead into a question that I have about this entire universe and Miss Congeniality because well, I'm, I'm an expert on on this Miss Universe Great. pageant, so I'll be happy to answer your questions. Because I'm I mean, very confused about like how old you're supposed to be, like how old Sandra Bullock is supposed to be playing versus how old she really is in the movie. Yes, we, a lot of questions I have. We will dig into those questions yeah. and I will Google the answers because <laughs> as you ask them. And one of the one of the other things that I always think about is. Uh, well, now I'm jumping ahead of myself. You are. It's an episode of Seinfeld where he dates like someone who's in the Miss America pageant. I'm just like, how old is Jerry Seinfeld supposed to be in that episode? And how old is this girl supposed to be? Because he's supposed to have a chaperone and they have Kramer be a, sa- a chaperone. Oh, excuse me. What are you doing? I'm trying to sneeze. I'm giving you the finger of shut up while I sneeze so I can edit that out. You oh. just keep on talking. I'm talking about Kramer being the chaperone. For Jerry dating one of these pageant uh, contenders. I do not remember that episode. That's, I'm sure I, I would remember if I start watching I it. I remember but. all Seinfeld episodes. Okay. Well, let's see if you can remember what you've been watching that's not miscongeniality and not Seinfeld for the last week or so. I haven't been watching Seinfeld lately. Although, maybe I should be. I know. That's why I said let's remember things that you have been watching the last week. I'm just thinking about Seinfeld now. Oh, okay. So we re- uh, watched, um, um, yeah, we watched a movie called Promising Young Woman. A real movie. Yeah, I uh, it's I I saw it, but then I really, really, really wanted you to watch it because I uh, like I don't can't remember if I ever talked about it on the podcast. I don't know. We've been 
kind of sporadic on this podcast. Yeah, and you probably, I kind of remember you talking to me. I don't know if it was on the podcast or off the podcast, right. but I do remember saying fascinating. Yeah. So then we, so we watched it, yeah. uh, this, uh, past we rented it and we, uh, watched it. Um, it's in quote unquote theaters right now too, but who's doing that? Um, this is Emerald, Emerald Fennell's directorial debut. She is an actress mostly known for The Crown, I guess. Not a show I watch. Uh, but she directed this, and it's Carrie Mulligan uh, from An Education and lots of other movies. And it is pitched as this, and the opening scene kind of leads you this way, and the marketing, I think, reads this way, is kind of this revenge thriller, like a, almost like a, a rape-revenge thriller, which is yeah. a genre, which is a thing that exists in the world, a violent revenge thriller. Here's the one sentence from IMDb. Mm -hmm. A young woman, traumatized by a tragic event in her past, seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. But what I love about this movie, without getting into it, because I think it is better served if you just kind of go in fairly unfamiliar, is that it it is a movie about vengeance but it also is not yeah <laughs> it is also not and, and and it's more about kind of the number one the futile futile nature of such a thing but also this um she goes i will describe the first scene and that'll kind of set the stage she uh goes to a bar uh she is acting very drunk very inebriated like 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 on the verge of blackout, pass out, drunk, and uh, she's approached by Adam Brody, uh, who's from like the OC and stuff, and he's you know saying the things that you think a nice guy would say, like, "Oh, you don't seem like you're doing well. Let me take you home. Let me call you a cab." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And that scene slowly progresses into this dude showing that maybe he's not a, a nice guy, a quote unquote nice guy. Yeah. And um, at at a, at a certain point. Uh, it is revealed that Carrie Mulligan's character is not, in fact, drunk. She is pretending, and she reveals this at a very key moment to this person who is doing very inappropriate things. And so um, that's kind of what she does. You know, this is kind of the thing, the game that she plays, and she's exposing these so-called nice guys. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what the movie is about. And I am just in awe of this thing. I think it is a pretty... Um, bold movie. Um, I can. I've I've read a lot about it. I've read a lot of uh, positive things, and I've read a lot of people who don't care for it. Um, they don't like the arc. They don't like um, kind of the, what the character does and what that means to the character, and and particularly where it leads eventually. Um, and I'm just. I'm, I've read that criticism, and I'm just like not for it. I'm just like mm-hmm. on the other team, like completely. I just feel like. What it's setting out to do, it does perfectly, and there's no other way to tell that story for what it's trying to do. And mm-hmm. I think it's trying to do a very specific thing that is not a common theme in movies like this or in other movies at all. And I just I think that message is uh, pretty bold and pretty pretty great. Um, and it's got an amazing Carrie Mulligan performance in it. And it's st- I mean it's stocked with people too. It's just like every scene there's a new mm-hmm. kind of character actor popping up. Bo Burnham is playing um, kind of a love interest for her that kind of pops up a little bit at the beginning, and then while she's going on this other quest, she's kind of being conflicted because she's building this very good relationship with this guy. Um, and so yeah, he's very good in it too. Uh, yeah, it's just I think it's great. I don't know. I was really curious about what you thought about it. I liked several things about it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to reveal too much, but you... Uh, I don't care. 
um, I'll reveal a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that is centered around some sort of sexual traumatic event. Mm-hmm. I think what I liked about this movie is that so many movies have a rape scene or some sort of scene like that 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 they that the movie maker feels like is important to the story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie's central driver is some sort of sexually traumatic event. But they the the movie maker doesn't show it to you explicitly, doesn't doesn't does it doesn't have that scene. And that I appreciate. Do you think that that is exclusive like pretty much basically the only basically the reason for that is that it's a female director? Yes. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, yeah. I think the point is that uh, it's unnecessary. I well, think- it's a very triggering event, and and a movie that is a very, very much about this. And listen, there's some other very uncomfortable things that go on yes. in the movie, and it's not exactly free and clear of those feelings. Yes, um, that's true. It's not but like, safe to watch. I've actually read, I've, like I said, I've done a lot of reading on this, and I've I've heard interviews with her, the director, and she. It was very important to her that they didn't include a specifically triggering visual sequence like yes she's very she was careful to to not do that because so many movies do that even movies that don't aren't well, about that includes oh here's a fucking rape scene it's just like, well and i, Jesus. I and that's it's you know it's less this is a weird it's hard to dance around this it's less a movie about the prevalence of rape it's less a movie about that right yeah it's more a movie about kind of the aftermath of that the notion of of believing victims and 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 um the he said she said nature of it and just the the kind of the the attitude that gets adopted around that sort of thing it's more about that and i think it's conveyed um the other thing i think it's about is in i won't reveal the scenes or who it's involving but there are a couple scenes where you know we are introduced to this character as a very strong very bold character who's willing to take a lot of big risks right well, there are a couple of sequences, even pretty early, where, you know, that that confidence and that strength is snapped with just, like, a movement by a male character in a certain way that is threatening. Like, there's always that uh, danger. And I think the movie is very smart about um, portraying that in particular. Subtly, without being like, oh, big man is scaring small woman. It's, right. like, subtly. It's not, it doesn't make it the big scene. And, it, it, and it's a lot to do with Carrie Mulligan just giving a, a great Very point. Good this is, I think this is, a, um, it's weird. It's really hard to gauge this because it's a well-reviewed movie. It is in theaters, quote unquote, but it was definitely meant to kind of be a more wide release movie. It's, I, I'm just very this this whole pandemic viewing experience is very strange because I would, I would love to see kind of what the reaction was, the box office for, like, if this had just tried to go out wide and everything was normal, and what that would mean for, like, award-type stuff, because there's there's a lot of people who are very, like, strong, like, this is going to get Oscar nominations, and I'm just like, I don't know if it's the kind of movie that gets Oscar nominations, even though it's, like, personally one of my favorite movies of the year. It's a a really weird... It's so hard to gauge, like, the reaction, other than, like, what people say on Twitter, which is usually, I mean, it's usually very... Either people love it or there's a reason they hate it, essentially. Yeah. I think a movie that is about 
the dichotomy of the wreckage of what happens after a sexually traumatic event and the casualness of it. It's not exactly like a broad audience sort of uh, of flick. And yet this is a very like uh, in moments funny movie. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of likable people in it. Um, yeah. It's, it's odd. It's like a movie that definitely plays like the way that it incorporates music is very like poppy. It like these, there's like needle drops to, that are yes. meant to kind of like exhilarate you. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, that's why I say it's so fascinating. But like, who do you go to this movie with? I don't know, but see, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've, there's a couple people that I know that are very different, um, that both really, really liked it. And it, I would oh. have not have guessed like, <laughs> oh, well, I know both one of them who really liked it. It's weird. So it's just, I, so part of me is just like, so when I first saw it, and I, I was almost I, I liked it so much, I was like, that's why I was like, because there's a lot of movies I like, but I don't usually insist on you watching. But I was like, am I like off on like I just like I love I wanted to see how you would react to it because I was like, am I in like a haze of just kind of what this movie ultimately does or or what? And there's a, like Spontaneous is another movie that I talked about last episode that's very much in the same vein. I'm like, what is the deal with me liking this movie so much? What does Angie think? We haven't watched that one yet, but oh. so I liked it. Yeah, promising. But that. again, who do you take to this movie? Like, you're going to the we movie We don't take theater. anybody. I know, go. that's what I'm saying. That's why I think your question of, like, how does this play in a movie theater is great, because do you, do you take your date on it? No. This is not a date movie. Well, but I think it's a very, it's a narratively, it, it's just really well constructed, though, as yes, a movie. Yes, it's a super good movie. And, well, it's hard to talk about that, because there's, like, the ending is so, oh, man. Anyway, it's hard it's to go around that. It's a conversation about, yeah. and I think the people that enjoy movies that want to just chew on it afterwards and have a discussion about could it could my afterwards. dad like this? I don't know. <laughs> you think he would? Or I said, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Whereas I know the other movie that came out at the same time, which is News of the World with Tom Hanks, the Western, I'm like, yeah, that's a dad that's movie. That's a dad movie. <laughs> he would like that. And I thought that was good, but like, I, I wouldn't know. say it was amazing. Yeah, I don't know if our dads would love this movie, but I think it's a movie that, that men need to But enjoy. it's a big swing. That's the thing. You know how I love movies that are kind of big swings like the you know something that's like really going for something that no one else is trying and then yeah. i think in this case it, it it kind of pulls it off which is even more extraordinary yeah i feel like this movie could make some people very uncomfortable some men very uncomfortable with sort of the 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 light that might be shining on them that they may not want to well own up to and i'll say that some of the negative re- re- reads that i've had have been from like female critics which is interesting and, oh. and to hear their perspective is is interesting share me an example uh it's been a little while since i've read them but it is what comes to mind though when you say that it's just kind of the nature of um again it's hard to talk about without like going into more detail of the plot just um just kind of the the approach in terms of kind of addressing what happens and then kind of the um I think that it's the narrative mechanizations of what happens at the end, which is very like it, it click click. It feels very, it can be, it can feel a little clicked into place, which I, I, I totally get kind of, um, yeah. it's really hard to talk about okay. without talking about the ending All of the right. movie. Then I won't push it's you tough. Okay. It's tough. Well, maybe more people see it, I guess. Yeah. This movie has quite a few people you recognize though. Um, Connie Britton, Alfred Molina, Alison Brie, um, Max Greenfield, Friday Adam Brody, yeah, Connie Britton is what I said. Yeah, so just yeah. stacked stacked with people. Yeah, Molly Shannon for the scene. So, um, recommend it. It is playing on Amazon Prime for nope. like nope. It's well, it's on VOD, premium VOD. You got to pay. 
good. Premium. Gotta pay the big bucks for it. But I was you gonna know, say for like twenty bucks. I yeah, it's like you know, but if two of you are watching it, it's like going to the theater, I guess. So the other one like that is News of the World, and I mentioned that it's Tom Hanks's western. It's made by Paul Greengrass, which is. Uh, surprising you went, uh what do you mean i don't know what else does he mean <laughs> well he's just he's known for united, united 93 yeah. and he's known for the Bourne movies which are very like shaky cam very very moving well this is not that this is a western that is uh very methodical and there's you know some of those features to it but it's definitely not like what people would say is the paul greengrass style he also made captain phillips with tom hanks um which is another movie that kind of had that style though a little bit kind of um, that's a pretty good movie, though. I I like so, a lot of Paul so Greengrass's can, can movies. Can we can we see Tom Hanks as a cowboy? Yeah, it's it's right. I mean, it it's right in his wheelhouse. He's playing a guy who goes around and goes to these small towns, and he he kind of does like a a road show of him just reading headlines and reading the news. Um, that's why it's called News of the World. But, you know, these popular people that either you know can't read very well or they don't have time to kind of pick up newspapers, and mm-hmm. you know he kind of treats it like this show, and people kind of guffaw and react to the the news, and it's post Civil War, and um, you know, in certain ta- you know, with with the, I think the the obvious connection is you know very pointed is that you know he goes into towns and you know some towns don't want to hear certain news and they don't want to believe that certain news and they want them to read. You know, they want Tom Hanks to read from a certain newspaper and not from another one. And uh, so, you know, that's very much like how we've so been So does living. he give the people what they want? Well, that's a key part of the movie. But he also uh, comes across this girl and it becomes kind of this uh, uh, re- return the girl to her family, you know, kind of deal. And it's got some action sequences that put to well. Look, it's I think it's very well made. I think it's very it's a very enjoyable movie. It's it's nothing extraordinary mm-hmm. i would say but you know very good a very solid movie i don't know why i snuffed i liked captain phillips in united 93 in yep. the Bourne movies i think you know i think he has this reputation of just like that you know shake the camera a bunch yeah. and, jo- and it's not that i'm just saying it's not it's not that type of movie Captain so. phillips was 2013 holy yeah. shit that was a long time ago and that features a great tom hanks performance which is off which is kind of punctuated by that amazing scene when he's yes. you know at the end of the movie how's um, that eight years ago i know oh my god it's pretty crazy um okay, well, it was, it was late 2013 so really it was like seven years okay ago. that makes me feel you better. feel better right sure and then you know i watched some uh just some oh my god random rewatches um i yeah. watched we you know we did trading places for our last episode or kind of our new year's episode mm-hmm. that's directed by john landis well, on HBO Max, there's another John Landis movie on there that I I feel like I it's been so long that I haven't seen it or I never saw it. It's American Werewolf in London. To which I said, I saw that. And you said... Oh, I said, you're pretty sure you saw the one American Werewolf in Paris with Tom Everett like, Scott. I was like, same movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> that one has CGI, um, really bad CGI Sounds werewolf. Great. Oh, no. I don't even remember it. It's really bad. Anyway, what's great about... And I remembered much of it once it kind of got to the the meat of it is just this i mean it's it's well known for this amazing transformation like you know stan winston makeup where the man turns into the werewolf like on camera it's it's just like this many years later hard it's incredible and it just looks so good and it's just like why why do we do it the bad way when we like knew how to do it the right way then like it still looks really good like that's what's pretty crazy but that's a weird movie, man. I, mm. I I dig it. It's just it's this. Uh, it's not it's not a not a straight horror movie. It's not a straight comedy. But man, you, you couldn't categorize it as either thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, 
for a little while there, I thought, you know, because I was like, John Landis movies, there's always a bunch of, uh, what are you doing? I'm looking for my water. Okay. It's right in front of you. My hot water. Oh, I don't know, man. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. You know what this made me think of? Mm. Teen Wolf. That's what makes me want to go watch. <laughs> yeah, Teen Wolf. Anyway. Teen Wolf is a better transformation than totally the American Werewolf you. in Paris. No, but you know, John Landis, it's, it's, it, he, you know, he's known for these comedies, right? Like, uh, Blues Brothers and, and, uh, Trading Places, for example, and, and Animal House. And so that's, that sentimentality, that sentiment is still very much in there, but it's still playing it straight as this horror movie. So I remembered it, but it was great to, I know it's been years. I, I enjoyed the hell out of watching that still holds up yep and then i don't know if you could have enjoyed that as much as the little movie you watched while i was like man i gotta do some homework how about i sit here on the couch yeah do, do re- read a textbook about economics mm-hmm. can take an assignment that's graded and listen to your non-stop giggles over a little movie called mcgruber yeah mcgruber's amazing um <laughs> <laughs> And That's I feel an like understatement for your giggles. I feel like anybody who's seen MacGruber knows it's amazing, but anybody who hasn't is just like, "Are you kidding me?" That SNL skit movie, and I'm like, "Yes, correct." <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it just goes for broke as like this. Uh, it, it is very much like what's great about it is like Will Forte and Kristen Wiig and and Val Kilmer, especially the villain in this, they are playing it very seriously. Like. Yeah. It is an R-rated uh, 80s action movie, and mm-hmm. they're playing it seriously, but just so, like, it's just it's just one extra octave, the right? The volume is very loud. And, and and so, just the way that, because it's Will Forte, like, yelling these lines, it, it but he's very serious, like, just the, he's very serious. Like, he doesn't, he's not winking through this thing. He's very, like, that's what makes it so funny. And, um, yeah, Val Kilmer is amazing as a cunt. I feel like it's the best role he's ever had. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> like, <laughs> hands it, down. It might be. Um, yeah, I just, I love it. Um, <laughs> you can't even talk it's about drama, it. It's, you know, this the, the director is, you know, it, it's one of the Lonely Island guys who did the skits, and it's very much, like, in this underrated, because there's, like, Popstar is a Lonely Island movie that is, like, horribly underrated. A lot of people, I think Hot Rod is okay, but a lot of people love Hot Rod. Like, it's in that same category where these movies are, like... Like, they they gave us these glorious comedies mm-hmm. in there. They, no one went and saw them. And only, like, they build over time on, like, you know, there's a fan base, but... Well, it's tough because SNL has a problem where their skits go too long and they're not funny. So then if you think about, like, well, do I want to see that for fucking 90 minutes? Well, and I think the gag, too, is that with the MacGruber skits and the way that they would go on SNL, they'd usually have three in an episode. Mm-hmm. The first one's, like, a minute. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it ended with him, you know, ends with them blowing up. And then there's a second one where it lasts 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's the same gag, but it's faster. Mm-hmm. And it's more absurd. And then the third one is, like, 15 seconds, mm-hmm. right? Well, so that's, I mean, it's funny. But then the movie, like, knows not to, like, do that. Yeah. It knows to, like, play it straight as an action movie and not get... You don't even get, like, the 30 seconds of MacGruber until the end of the movie, right? Um, it doesn't give you that early. And it has what I think is the single greatest uh, visual gag that I've I, I've ever seen in a movie, honestly. Which one? Because you were giggling your little ass off. Well, it involves... Uh... <laughs> Jesus, Tyler. So Will Fartes drives this, like, shitty, like convertible 
<laughs> and he pulls his tape deck out every time he leaves, and it, you know, whatever. That's funny. So people don't steal it. People don't steal his tape deck, Obviously. right? <laughs> and he listens to soft rock everywhere he goes, which is amazing. But anyway, like they leave somewhere randomly, and someone like cuts him off and calls him an asshole, and he just starts repeating the license plate and oh, like out loud, like R five six four five seven, R five six four five seven. He gets so like he just starts rumbling in his brain, right? And then like <laughs> later in the movie. Ryan Felipe, who's like this, you know, the, the the straight man partner, comes across this notebook of like, and it's supposed to be like his plans and stuff like that, and it's just a a notebook full of like the the license plate repeated over and over and over the again. Same one. <laughs> and he's just like drawing like these violent things he's gonna do to the person that done it. Like it's just amazing. Like that it, it, it and it's like twenty minutes later. Like it's just like this is the only thing that McGruber's thinking about, not the world ending or whatever. He only cares about this car that cut, cut him, him off. off. <laughs> I feel like that's a rage we can all share. And the way that he flips the pages in the music is very serious. It's incredible. I just love that so much. God, MacGruber. You're such a nerd. And <laughs> Okay, nerd. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Nonstop giggles. I don't want to, like, the ending, too. You don't want to spoil it? Hey, babe, that movie like came 10 out years a old. while ago. No one saw it. But, like, when he finally, like, beats the bad guy and he goes off the cliff, like, just the fact that, like, after he's, like, blown up, he's just like, fuck you, dude, and then he, like, pisses on the fucking body. Off the cliff. <laughs> off the cliff. It's um, It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> to the dead body. That's 200 feet down. Oh my god. Tyler. I love it. Yeah. Or the guy that gets he gets smashed by the van. <laughs> he runs the guy over and he like he names him and he's like, "Oh, I don't know the name of the guy." He was like, "John Smith died at the age of who the fuck cares?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> wow. You you're real Are you done? I, Let's go watch MacGruber right now. Jesus. If you're ever in a shitty mood, I'm just That's just on Amazon MacGruber Prime. On. We have the DVD, but it was on Amazon Prime. I like that you feel the need to tell people that we have the DVD. Well, just in case. What if it just goes away? Just in case they want to rob you? <laughs> well, who, <laughs> Be what? like, hey, we got to figure out where these old millennials live so we can steal all the No, DVDs. I was saying if they take it off Amazon Prime, but I, appreciate, I, I would appreciate if I was robbed that it would be available on Amazon Prime. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'd appreciate if it was robbed. What? <laughs> I would appreciate it if it was robbed. No, you sh- you don't dislike that movie. How do you know? Because you enjoyed it last time we like actually watched it. I did. It was making my homework assignment very challenging. Less the movie, more your giggles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. So then you decide, hey, I watched a movie I thought was funny. Why don't I watch a shitty little movie called American Reunion? Yeah, you know, this is a... F- I, I, this is it's an HB like so we still have that HBO Max right for the Wonder Woman and um you know like this is the only way that I'll ever watch an American Pie movie is like whenever we have like HBO randomly <laughs> right so you go back and you watch these things because I remember uh, you know when I was younger liking the first one and I saw the second one with like friends in high school when that came out right mm-hmm. and then I think you and I probably I were like in we, college and yeah. then the third one came out like well we'll see that right. And then American Reunion came out several years later. I think it's like 2013. The more, the more we talk about it, I feel like we we saw this one. As yeah. Well. Um, it when you watch it, that is not apparent because I turned it on. And I was like, I don't what what is this? Like, I don't remember this. Like, and I and I then it, some things popped up, and I was like, I guess I saw this, 
But that's kind of the problem with it is just utterly forgettable. And it's like doing the same thing that like Ugh. the other ones have done. And I'll tell you what, what's weird now is the Stifler character, Sean William Scott. Mm. Uh, so he's an adult now, not in high school, not in college. And he's very much like the sexist pig uh, saying horrible gay slurs, saying horrible things about women. Uh, physically, like, slapping him on the ass type of thing, right? Only he's an adult, and now we're watching it, like, after we've had this, like, cultural reckoning of this behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, not that it was okay in 2013. It wasn't. He's still, I mean, it, the movie's saying he's not a good guy, right? Right. But, eh, man, it doesn't, it does not play anymore. It's problematic. It's very problematic. It's problematic. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if the other ones, I don't, I think that it probably is not as problematic because they're in high school and it's just like he's meant to be like the, the dumbass, right? But man, the, at this point in the, in this, in the franchise, they're just like, well, he's the comic gold of the franchise. And so he's been forefronted more and more and more as every movie went on, right? Okay. And it becomes like this, it's, that's his show, right? And it's just. Ugh. God, it's weird, and it's not a very good movie. And here's the thing that's irritating: like, so Natasha Lyonne, who was only she was in number one, she's in a little bit of number two, is not in number three, and then she appears for like a scene in this, and it is just like she's at the at the reunion for like a scene. Mm -hmm. Well, she's like the best. She was like the best character in the first one, and she's the one that I, I don't know. And she, you know, obviously she has her own career. She had maybe personal things going on at the time, so maybe there's reasons why she's not in more of it, but it's a problem with this whole franchise where, like, you know, I don't like Tara Reid, but, you know, her character is only only in these movies to ever just show up to be, like, the the thing that is bothering the one of the guys, right? Mm -hmm. Mina Savari comes back for this one, and she's only in the movie, so Chris, Chris Klein, who came back, so he can, like, have a conflict over her. And it's the same thing that it was, and I get that it's a movie about these four guys, but, like, we're doing the same thing over and over yeah. again. These characters that you know you you forefronted and said even Allison Hannigan, who's the the you know the one who marries Jim and been the whole thing. She's only there to really just be like this conflict machine for the Jim character. She's not a character, and it's just That's super just boring. It, and it almost it's gotten worse with every movie. I feel like they were they were more of a character. There were more characters like earlier, right? Yeah. That's so boring. That being said, Eugene Levy, man, he just is delightful every time you see him. Well, yeah, it's Eugene Levy being Eugene Levy. He kills it. I mean, every time... And then these movies usually know to not overuse him. Mm -hmm. Usually he's just in a few things and it works, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. See, that'll be five years ago by and I'll be like, I'll see it on there again. I'll be like, did I watch this? And I'll turn it on. I'm like, I don't know if I watched this. Boom. Yeah, you're dumb. MacGruber. You again. The last thing we watched, we're way over our time oh. of what we've been watching, but let's talk about it. Uh, we watch this with the kids. You know, we're always on the lookout for things that we can enjoy with our kids, mm -hmm. especially on a weekend, Saturday cartoon hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, this last weekend, second season of Jurassic Park, Camp Cretaceous came out. Technically, it's called Jurassic World, but I'm with you. My sentiment will always ride with uh, Park versus yeah, World. so Jurassic Park, Camp Cretaceous season two. Yeah, um, man, it's great. Like, what's the deal? Like, why are why is this show so good? It's meant, you know, it's targeted for kids. It's an animated movie, but man, I tell you what, when it comes to if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, 
like this delivers the goods more so than these mo- the recent movies have. Yeah. The first season kind of takes place during Jurassic World time period, so the park is open. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool because you get more of that, which was kind of a great. Pre- I, I mean, I liked the premise when Jurassic World came out of like seeing the park operate as yeah. a full on experience for a while. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed that in this show. Shit hits the fan, right? Mm-hmm. So you get that mayhem, right? And then this se- second season, it's after the events of that first movie, but they're still spoiler alert. There's these kids are stuck on the island, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you you get rid of the uh, Indominus Rex, which I'm just like, whatever. I don't need a supercharged T-Rex. Just give me OG T-Rex. Yep. OG T-Rex is more involved in this season. And I don't know. Like, it just is a – it's a thrill machine. It's an animated mo- show, but it's a thrill machine. I think it works really well. The whole thing does. Yeah. That doesn't – it doesn't leave behind the character development either. No, I think this season was a little bit less than the first season, but I mean, it was already built on the established characters. A couple of characters get some good arcs in this season. Yeah. Some of them get a little shortchanged, but um, I don't know. I just like, no, they do need to address this egregious thing where seemingly weeks go by and like no one is rescuing them off this island. Yeah, it's been at least 10 days. During and when we know two. that there are characters that know that they are, they were left behind and at least like don't assume they're dead. I don't know. It's really weird. They need to address that. I have confidence that they might. So if they get a season three, I'm sure it will. Um, you know, I was reading into this a little bit. The reason I was like, well, did they make the second season when they made the first one? And no, apparently they they made the first season without a renewal. Oh, okay. And then it got renewed kind of a week after it debuted. But because it's animated, they they're set up. I mean, they they adapted their production. Like they don't have to worry about a lot of it. Just takes people are doing it on their computers at home and. So they produced it during the the pandemic, the second season, and apparently the animated series that they have on Netflix can be produced faster. So they usually are, like a lot of their other animated series, only are gone for four to six months. So mm-hmm. we'll probably hear relatively soon that they'll probably get renewed. I would it ends on a cliffhanger, and there's a movie coming out in a year. I have a feeling that they're going to renew it. Maybe one more, or maybe even two more times before yeah, it's over. It's a good little show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It got it me excited you, it for gives you action. a new movie. It gives yeah. you dinosaurs. More stegosauruses in this season. It gives you um, kid lessons about friendship and honesty and bravery and courage and being stupid as well, but supporting each other. And it doesn't pull punches. Like, it is a kid's show, and there's no, like, on-screen violence, but there's off-screen violence. Like, yeah. there are characters and people that are eaten get in eaten. this show. Yeah. And I appreciate that because you can't do this without no kids getting eaten though yet. Not well, not yet. So that's good. Not so don't yet. worry about that if you're going to watch it with your kids. The kids don't get eaten. Any of the well, any of one the of them might fall to their death, possibly. But uh, any of the adults that get eaten get eaten off screen. So like, but only kids, like barely off screen. Yeah, <laughs> but if your kids aren't paying attention, they may not pick up on that fact. We told them like, oh, did you see what happened there? That guy like, got eaten. You see that rope? See how it has a bite mark in it? That guy got eaten. He was swallowed whole, kids. Yeah, our three-year-old. That's a good. It's a good show for three-year-old. He's a he's a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's okay, but he okay. So the, he there, he hid under his blanket a couple of he times. He did, and after the first season, he didn't like the opening with the T Rex popping out roaring. Roars, yeah. But then on the second season, now he goes. He goes. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Because I told him, and he usually listens to me. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, but there was there was one scene where there was a thunderstorm and a dinosaur attack and oh, lightning. All, it was like a trifecta of terrorizing this, things. This show fucking kills it, man. Yeah. It's better than the last two movies, I would say. That bar's very low, though, so I don't that's care. not saying much. 
I'm just saying it delivers the goods if you like Jurassic Park. It del- like yeah, and yeah, it's a kid show, and there are a few things that are kind of kiddie, but it's not that bad. Yeah, and I feel like the animation, like the money's p- spent well. The animation on the dinosaurs looks really good. The humans, eh, a little bit kind of generic, right? But they do yeah. good work with the, the dinosaurs, and that, so they look like the, what you expect them to look like. Yeah. And so I like that. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. I think that covers all of what we've been watching, so Promising Young Woman on premium VOD, highly recommended. Yeah. Highly recommend Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous Season 2. Tyler recommends American Werewolf in London. Go back and watch that. He also highly recommends American Reunion. Not just nope. kidding. Dump fucking dumpster fire. Do watch MacGruber if you can. A thousand times. You need a good chuckle. And news of the world. I mean, if you world. if you're a dad, you'll worth. You think it's worth twenty bucks? Otherwise, that's not you bad, Tyler. Like You've had bucks. like five out of six good ones there. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. I'm not a, it's a pretty good streak. I, you know, end of the year. I there's some stuff that's coming out, but I, there's a little bit of a lull. I needed a little palate cleanser, so that's pretty good. Okay, well, I'm ready to refill my tea, so I'm going to go get my water, and then we will jump into... Miss Congeniality. Sandy New Year. You think I'm gorgeous? What? I don't think you're gorgeous. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss me? You want to hug me? Look, I think McDonald is more feminine. I'd rather kiss him. You want to love me? You want to hug me? You want to smooch me? You want to... Enjoy the rest of your night. More chewing by your favorite actor, Benjamin Bratt. He's not seen chewing in this movie. He is literally chewing on 90 different things of food. This is true. It's a, it's a choice, and I, uh, I'm i not here for it. We're going to talk about it a lot. I'm sure we're going to keep bringing it up. But, friends, we are talking about Miss Congeniality from the year 2000. Before we get into high stats year 2000. and deep dive into it. Let's do a little segment called What Do You Remember? Oh, yeah. Where we sit down and we write what we remember. So the year 2000 doesn't seem that far away, but it kind of was. 20 years ago. 21 years ago. Crazy. Yep. So, Tyler, I'll go first. Good, because I have to reopen my file. Here's what I wrote before we rewatched it. Okay. Listen. Who cares if I don't remember this movie exactly? It's Sandy New Year, goddammit. Okay? Here's what I do remember. Sandy Bullock is a nerdish FBI agent, and there's something afoot in pageant land. So she has to go undercover as a beauty pageant contestant. Only guess what? She's not girly at all, because she's too badass for that shit. Enter makeover montage, her making actual friends with the ditzy beauty pageants, and a love interest, I want to say Mark Ruffalo, but I think it's the poor man's Mark Ruffalo, Benjamin (laughs) Bratt. Okay, I looked that up. There's no way I'd remember that. He is the poor man's Ben, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Pretty certain uh, she solves the case and looks beautiful, and this is a great movie. End of podcast. A thank you. Oh, wow. Okay. Coming out swinging. Boom. Swinging. I wrote that Sandy Bullock is an FBI agent who people think isn't attractive because she's tough and keeps her hair up. What? She wears a ponytail? Ew. Some threat requires an agent to be inside a big pageant where William Shatner is the host. 
Michael Caine makes Sandy a lady by putting her hair down and applying makeup, and Benjamin Bratt is the gum-chewing love interest. I think it's great that when I did this before we even started watching it, that I remember that he just chews fucking food or gum the whole movie. Yeah, you have this memory. And I haven't watched it in 20 years. How do I remember that? Because it's goddamn annoying. Um, Anyway, I feel like he chews gum or is obnoxious in some way. I wrote that. Yeah. That might be a reach. No, it wasn't a reach. I was right. You were spot on. And then I wrote, Sandy New Year. (laughs) Sandy New Year. So, I do remember this movie. Did remember it. It's to, great. Did you go to the theater to see I it? I don't remember it, that detail. I definitely I saw doubt it in the theater. It. I doubt it. That was 2000. What grade were we in? This Sophomores was, in high school? This was a box office hit. And I feel like it was at a time of the year. Where it might be, you have to tell me when it came out. But it was like... It came out in 2000. No, I'm aware. But like the time of year. <laughs> Let's do some high stats great. before we... Perfect. Before Perfect. we jab, great. bad jabber on. Great. This came out December 22nd, oh. 2000. Was it a wide release on December 22nd? I don't know how to answer Tell that. Tell me, is, it an, is there an open week, opening weekend number there? Uh, I'm looking on IMDb. That's not helpful. Maybe you it's on there. You know what? You're such a jerk to me. I'm sometimes. curious if that was a, if it's a, a movie that came out Christmas Day and was wide no, released. It doesn't have any special... Or if it was like, you know, kind of released and then it was kind of more wide in like January. That's a little bit surprising. Um... Rated PG-13, clocks in um, 19 minutes over at an hour and 49 minutes. Yeah. It stars Sandy Bullock, Michael Caine, Benjamin Bratt, Candace Bergen, William Shatner, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, we need some more Ernie Hudson, I'll tell you that. Uh, some other people. It was a big hit, though. What's the? You probably had the total box office there. Of course I do. Yeah. Of course I do. So, it estimated budget was $45 million. Mm-hmm. It, Sandy Bullock probably got $20 million of that, by the way. Um, opening weekend yeah. on December 24th, it made $10 million. Okay, it must have been opened wide then. Yeah. And then it just played, it had legs, though. Then it had a, made 106 gross U.S. and then 212 yeah. worldwide. It, it had good holiday legs, Holy so to speak. Shit, I don't remember yeah. it as being a Christmas movie. I must have probably seen it in January. Like, it was not a movie I saw. Tyler, like, the seed has been planted. Sandy New Year... Was planted by miscongeniality for you in maybe two thousand. Maybe yeah, I I probably definitely saw it in January. I, it was not a movie that I saw around Christmas time necessarily, but um, but yeah, no, yeah, I remember it being a pretty big hit. Yeah, so I was talking to my mom about our podcast, and she made a good point where I go, yeah, I can never remember anything, and she just said, yeah, I don't remember you ever being like a movie person. <laughs> Growing up, you were always too busy with like sports, or you would just hide away in your room and read and stuff. Yeah, movies are just for losers. And I was like, yeah, that's funny that I was I did not watch a lot of movies growing up, or at least like not in the theater. That wasn't like the thing we did. Well, that explains your overall enthusiasm for doing this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that I married you. So then, over the last you know twenty years, here I am. I'm like I'm like like a movie buff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I You're mean, more like a teen rom- teen mystery sci-fi romance television show buff. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I haven't even started a new show, okay? Been too busy. Yeah, it's interesting, but you seem to have very fond memories of seeing this, and I don't think you and I have seen this movie together until uh, recently, so you must have seen this back then and yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it. my family must have rented it, because, uh, I mean, I'm pretty certain our family likes Sandy Bullock, so... Well, who doesn't like Sandy Bullock? Because I remember watching While You Were Sleeping. Yeah. Like, we rented that at some point, so I'm pretty certain we rented Miss Congeniality, or, you know, Auntie Peggy or Auntie Cindy did. Did you guys rent Speed 2 Cruise Control? 
Oh, uh, you know, I feel like Auntie Peggy loved Speed, and so I'm pretty certain... I didn't need to rent it because I saw it in a movie theater. Yikes. <laughs> Gross. Okay, but what I can tell you is that... Coming next, coming in 2022, Speed 2 Cruise Control for Sandy New Year. Yeah, probably. Not Speed okay. 1. Okay, this brings <laughs> speed me... Speed 2. Okay, this brings me to what would Roger say? A little early, say. but you, you, you tagged me in on it. Okay. Okay. So, What Would Roger Say is where uh, we share a little bit of what Roger Ebert thought about the movie back in the day. So, you already opened this uh, link for me, so you know how many stars he gave it. I would have exactly guessed this, though. And that is? Two stars. And why do you think he gave it two stars? just feels like a two-star Roger Ebert movie. Yeah, the sum of his uh, critique. It's so funny, as as I'm reading more and more, the, the variations of styles he writes in. Sometimes, he'll write five paragraphs about the plot. And then other times he'll just be like, meh. How long is this review? Not it's, very? It's five paragraphs. Okay, total? Okay, no, like eight paragraphs. Okay, but it's shorter than others. Yeah. Well, it's because it came, like, think of the time it came out. Like, that. there's like eight movies out. If he didn't like this, he's probably not spending a lot of uh, That's true. He did legitimately say, I saw this movie and Mel Gibson's What Women Want within a few <laughs> days of each other. What a, what a combo. <laughs> And he goes, and in both stories, the lead characters got a lot of mileage out of their unfamiliarity with feminine beauty products. Oh, man. That- anyway, the last line he ends this on, though, says, Tyler, and you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I smiled during it and enjoyed Bullock, but then again, I got to see it for free. And I'm the guy <laughs> who thinks Speed 2 Cruise Control is a good movie, something not even Bullock believes. Yeah, he is famously uh, positive on Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is incredible. Um, That's what Roger would say. And listen, I'm listen. I'm positive on Speed 2 yes, Cruise Control. Yes, you are. But I am in more of an ironic way. <laughs> like, it's not a very good What's movie. The deal? Why in fact, like it's it? pretty terrible. Don't tell me. We'll we'll talk about it next Save year. Save it for 2022. <laughs> Not Speed 1. Forget that yeah. noise. We're talking about Speed 2. Okay, here's Cruise what control. I remember about Speed 2. I don't... You never saw it. If I did, it was like not... I wasn't watching it with my full attention. Good news, I have the DVD. Jesus, why? <laughs> there, where's all my money go? I didn't spend a lot on it. <laughs> yeah, but a, a little spin on a lot is still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. So that's what we remember. That's what Roger would say. Let me tell you what I think about this movie. It's because... Stop. <laughs> We're not going back Sometimes to you want to watch Speed 2 Cruise Control and you look online and it's not anywhere and it's like three ninety nine, and then you're like, "What's how much is the DVD on eBay? And it's like $3. I'm like, well, I'll just have the DVD for $3. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. We know your spiel. Okay? Like sometimes you're you like, know. did I see The Mummy 3 with Jet Li? I'm pretty sure it's terrible. But I don't remember it. How much is it on eBay? Two dollars. Okay, well now I own Mummy Three, Village of the Tomb. Where are you storing all these DVDs? Oh, in the garage. <laughs> now Just we're really gonna get robbed. <laughs> oh yeah, there's such a big market for DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> the pawn shops aren't even taking them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as I was saying, Tyler, before you rudely interrupted me. Yeah. Here's what I think about the the movie that we're talking about Which today. one? Oh, Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. Somehow I forgot. Uh, what I wrote in the beginning mm-hmm. is it's that. It's a good movie. Oh. Uh, I like all parts of it. Mm-hmm. If you criticize any of it, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Well, here's the thing. 
I actually think it's a pretty bad movie that is rescued entirely by Sandra Bullock. I will disagree with that. <laughs> like, if you're just looking at like the check boxes it's checking off, it is terrible. And there are other people who are okay in it too. Um, but really, it's like it's her. She is pushing it's her. it. She's driving the whole thing. She's making terrible. Well, this movie is full of. There's a script full of terrible pratfalls. Yeah. Like, Which who is, is not writing? What I love. Who is writing the pratfalls in 2000? Little, you know, right? And, and yet, Sandra Bullock is actually a fairly gifted physical comedian, she and is. she can actually make falls funny. No, um, no, push pause for a second. Yeah. Do I remember her doing some physical falls in that that romantic comedy with Ryan Reynolds? Possibly. Um, that's another one of those. This she had an incredible streak that kind of went. You know from, which one I'm talking about? Yeah, it's called the proposal. I um, feel like they collapse onto each other, or trip all over each other a few times. She, I mean, for the longest time, and to the to a certain extent, she still has this power. She really does. Um, she's a, she's one of the few like hit makers, I would say, in Hollywood. She kind of knows the kind of movie that will typically like work for a general audience and sometimes it's more skewed to romance sometimes it's more skewed to comedy and then sometimes she does these little thriller type things and then sometimes she's doing bird box which i have never watched but it was apparently a hit for netflix so i don't know um so i mean she's very good i mean she made oceans eight i think is kind of the last big prominent thing she did that was not bird box and i feel like that would made money too um she just managed to, to to kind of she's a broad star she can she can do uh she knows how to be good in anything she chooses to be in i guess is the way i would say it right and she won an oscar which is crazy to me for a movie that i think is kind of bad but yeah she doesn't make a ton of movies either she makes good but she's only got 58 credits to her name that's a lot but it's not like as many as one one a year and sometimes she'll take a year off you know like i feel like this year she didn't have anything so yeah she has gaps from like 2015 then it jumps to 2018 yeah so you know and she's a producer and i get that she's probably doing other stuff but um yeah yeah so miss congeniality i think is uh is right in that real she had a real streak of just like kind of big hits and this was one of them um and it is entirely and and look it's a, a a very broad premise uh it is appeal you know it's just like which movie on christmas like per- i guess it is perfect for christmas holiday they're just like what movie can we take uh grandma to yeah and the kid's not gonna hate and you know, dad okay like miss congeniality right that's like yes you're not middle taking, of the road <laughs> you're not taking your whole family to uh the movie we talked about earlier promising young woman no yeah. i mean that's the thing like it just it kind of hits in that uh yeah. and it like rents well and it plays on hbo well like it's just something like if you turned on tnt and there was a commercial break and it came back and you're like oh yeah this movie mm-hmm. and you watch it for a little while then the commercial would be on and you'd be like all right, I'm going to see what else is on, but, like, I'm okay with flipping back to this if nothing else is. Yeah. It's kind of one of those movies. What I liked about this movie was that as a Mm 17-year-old, pre also tomboy, which I feel like a lot of women were tomboys growing up as old millennials. Like, it was okay to be a tomboy back then. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this whole, like, uh, makeover of a pretty girl thing that was happening in the the 90s, She's all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. 
She's I smart. can't believe you would defend that shit. Like she's, it's horrible. Though. I know it's terrible because she's I not. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. She's a good agent. She's super smart. She's strong, and she can also be pretty. And I think that's a message that like that is not terrible to tell young women who are like okay, who but, are like you can't be pretty and smart. Okay, but. Okay, but okay, but okay. Back in the early two thousands, it it was still early in the like girl nerds are hot. Okay, that but had not really. That's not. Yet. She's not playing a girl nerd in this. She's playing a klutz with frumpy hair. Like I it mean, is this idea sort of. of purposely trying to quote unquote make Sandra Bullock ugly, ugly, which is by the way. Uh, kind of impossible because yeah. no one's buying it no. except for every character in the movie, which makes no sense because she's surrounded by uh, a collection of other federal agents who are horrible sexists, yeah. and yet they still have they won't they won't even fathom objectifying her. They'll objectify literally everybody else on the entire planet. Anybody they walk past, they will ogle right but yeah. because her hair is frumpy and she's got glasses they won't ogle her in fact they'll make fun of how unsexy she is and then they're shocked when she like straight god forbid straightens her hair and takes her glasses off it's insane and it doesn't send any kind of good but, message because okay. it's unbelievable i don't necessarily think it's unbelievable because i think there are women out there who despite being utterly super attractive are somewhat asexual and not like not like putting that vibe out there of sexuality. They're they're just like awkward and frumpy. But what what I do have a problem with that doesn't make sense to me is that she's a good agent. You see her sparring. You see her kickboxing. Okay, to be athletic like that means you have fucking balance. And she can't fucking walk like a normal person. Well, I don't. Here's so the thing: the movie's actually weird. the movie's actually a little bit confused about whether she's a good agent or not. Actually, it is. because they have that. her deliberately like screw up a, a sting by being quote unquote empathetic to yeah, somebody agree. who's quote like choking, and then like everybody rails on her for making the mistake, even though like she's the key of getting like this reconnaissance work done. But then because she makes this one mistake, like someone gets shot, and you know that's fair. Like she made a decision that resulted orders. in someone getting yeah. shot. And that's a problem. And so, like, yeah, she's depicted as a good agent, but then, like, the central conflict of this is that she did something she really fucked up, too. So that's a weird contrast to also... I don't know. I don't think the movie is, like, saying... It would be one thing if she was just, like, asexual or she had her hair up, but, like, they make her deliberately, like, she's a klutz. Her hair hasn't been washed. Like, we can't... We have to, like, hold her down to comb it. Like... No. No. That's not a thing. Like, but it's it, not a it thing. it sort of is a thing. Like, have you met your daughters? They're, like, on the verge of being they're, like that. They're five years old and <laughs> nine years old. I know, but I think it's kind of like like putting her in, a, like, a bachelor role, right? You go, you see her apartment. Okay, it's but... It's grody. She just eats TV dinner. She's all about her work. And, like, that's okay for men. And I feel like this movie's saying, like, yeah, there are women like this okay, as well. Okay, but you know what? They're just, like, they won't... Like, th- this horrible scene where they are, like, they've got a computer system. They can, like, put all the agents, like, full-on body shots that they have into a bikini to see, like, who's going to be a good fit for the sting? Because there's maybe a mad bomber that's going to bomb something. And they, first of all, they never think to ever put her into it, even though her she's, like, apparently the appropriate age, apparently the appropriate size. And it's just, like, she's on the team invest, and there's, like, not even a thought about it until they're, like, joking about, like, random people. And then, but like... He, but, see, I don't think that you okay. get... I, I don't think that you get 
how it feels to be the woman in a group of men who who never gets looked at sexually because okay. you're one of the guys. No, but listen, this is my point though, and I I I hear you on that. But like, it's just that like you can you can dress her frumpy, right? And then but then there's this scene where like her and Benjamin Bratt have like this hyper fucking physical wrestle match where she's in spandex and she's wearing tight clothing. Like it's it's not apparent. It, it, he's like, what's going on? Obviously. Like because she's wearing he, she's sexy one of the clothes. Guys. He doesn't think about her like that because she's one of the guys, and I feel like no because what... this that character I I can't I can't buy onto that because these characters are so f- around her are so poorly written and poorly uh, performed, and they I mean, are horrible men, and they're horrible men. Okay, but if they're you... horrible men. Why it is like we shouldn't be like justifying her existence as being unnoticed, right? Because number one. Like, she should be treated as an equal in the department. She's not treated as an equal. She's treated as someone who is lesser. And on top of that, because she's not quote-unquote sexy, she's even she's not even valuable as a female in the department because all the characters only care about females in a sexual way. They don't care about them as colleagues. They don't care about them as anything other than something to look at. And it's the Benjamin Bratt character, not Ernie Hudson. He's the boss, whatever. He's got his own reasons. And these other two fucking schlumpy FBI agents who are on the sting that are just here to ogle women when they're recording them during the pageant. I can buy a part of your argument and a part of your argument over here, but when you put the collection together and you put these characters where the men are horrible, like, it falls apart for me. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. They're terrible, right? I'm not talking about them. They're so terrible. I like the Sandra Bullock performance. No, you're saying that, like, this character doesn't exist. And you are no. so wrong in your your unwillingness to see that there are people and women like her that exist that go unnoticed and unseen and aren't seen as having sexuality because they are now one of the men. Is, no. Is... There are characters like that, and I believe her as... And again, I think it's because of Sandra Bullock's ability to play this part because it is unnecessarily, like... um because you have to admit, there's like these she's scenes. She's into comedy. So it's it's, it's scenes where she's like stomping, walking. Like it's all a little well, bit it's, elevated, it's right? It's silly because she walks normally for most of the movie. And then it's like Michael Caine's with her and he's like, okay, now walk like a woman. And all of a sudden she's like straddling her walk. And... Well, no, but she has a scene early at her apartment where she's just like huffing around. This is true. Like it's just like really broad, over the top comedy. And that's it what is I'm talking a about. And I don't, I and that. I don't, and I think she's very good at the physical comedy. So I even think that that broad stuff that's not believable is kind of funny. What I'm saying is, this is not a world that we should like. I just, I have a problem accepting the world in which she's operating. Well, like, you're a very sweet little feminist. I just feel like it's, you're such a sweet little feminist. It's Tyler. not a believable world because if it was a believable world, I, every one of those fucking people would not be in the FBI anymore. Because number one, they're all really bad at their jobs. They're completely incompetent. They're relying on her, who's apparently because it's confusing, right? Because she makes a mistake on the sting, right? So she then, doesn't make a mistake. She disobeys orders. She disobeys orders, which is and it it's ends up a being mistake. a mistake, right? Yeah. It's a result of that what happens, right? But um, someone, you know, she decides to help someone who's choking, and then there's a shootout. Um, but no, but even then, so she's not supposed to be on this operation, and yet she's in the room, and every one of these fucking five dudes in the room are trying to be like, what should we do for this sting opera? Oh, God, I don't know. And she's just like, well, we should do this and this and this. Like, oh, yeah, we should do this. Good idea, me. And it's just like this stupid-ass, like, 
fuck you in this stupid ass world. And maybe 20 years ago, that was funny because, haha, it's a man's world. But fuck that. I don't want to see that in any movies. I just don't want to fucking see it. You are super sweet. I don't want to see that shit. I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is that in 2000, when I was 17, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. There are things to enjoy about it. I just can't. And uh, listen, it's this Benjamin Bratt fucking chewing, man. Who the fuck told him to do this? What I will tell you I'm disappointed in as my 17-year-old self Uh is I recall thinking that Benjamin Bratt was cute. And I do not, I did not experience that watching this back. This movie is trying to make you feel cute and make him be the love interest. And I I hate it. I hate that he's a love interest. I hear you on that. I'm disappointed in my 17-year-old self for being like, he's so cute, she's so lucky, he's getting the boy. Because now looking back, I'm like, he's fucking rude and disrespectful and doesn't deserve... Tries to take credit for all the things that she does, right? Doesn't and blames her for everything that goes wrong. Two minutes of her time, yeah. only is interested in her when she looks a certain way, and even then only, like, the stoop... No, no, fuck that guy. He's terrible, but the movie yeah. is set up for him to be the charming lead. Kind of. But, we, but it also really. knows that he's he a gives, schmuck because yeah. she gives oppor- she has an opportunity to, like, jokingly beat him up on stage and, like, beat him down a little bit. But then it, like, builds to this thing where, like, we should be happy that they're, like, into each other. I'm like, no, no. fuck that guy. Like, she he should be fired. deserves better. It's, yeah. I, I, I just can't with him. So, yeah, he is, um, you know, he's playing this chauvinist uh, kind of, like, a uh, type A leader shithead, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, in one scene he's eating like popcorn. In another scene he's munching on peanuts. And then a Snickers bar. A Snickers bar. bar. And, then and he's just like, thing. who gave, and I've seen Benjamin Bratt in other things. He's good at other things. What the hell kind of direction was he given on this? Why is this such a thing? And why is it so bad? He really drags the movie down for me at literally any time he's on screen. Yeah. It's wretched. He's also casually, like, the only thing that's really homophobic about the movie is his character yeah. toward Michael Caine. Yeah. Nothing else, like, po- points to anybody having a problem with the Michael Caine character or anybody else being being whatever their sexual orientation is, except for Benjamin Bratt, who's, yeah. like, uncomfortable with Michael Caine smiling at him and making a comment, calls him a fruitcake at some point. It's frustrating. Yeah. Like, it's frustrating. It's a movie that's trying to pause it. Like, we like Michael Caine. This is on the heels of him winning an Oscar for Cider House Rules, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Well, don't we love Michael Caine in this part? Blah, blah, blah. But we still have to have this character, and it's the romantic, co- you know, lead of the movie being shitty to him because the guy's yeah, gay. Yeah. Like, it's so insane. But, you know, I think that uh, Michael Caine's character is also kind of terrible. <clears throat> how so? Tell me. Well, mostly about how he keeps giving Sandy oh. Bullock fucking <laughs> celery when she's trying to eat some goddamn food. Listen, the woman is over 30, has a kick-ass figure, and clearly eats like shit. There's nothing to fix about her figure. She's not sleeping, so let her eat a goddamn donut or fucking hamburger if she wants to. Her body can fucking take it, obviously. This could have been a fix if they had just, if he had an explanation of like, I wanted her, because she's supposed to be, kind of, she pushes back on all this shit, right? Yeah. And there actually is a pretty good moment where she's eating something, and he tries to take it away from her, and she pulls his gun on him, which I yes. think is great. She's like, do not. After like do the not, fourth time. Do not. She pulls his gun on him, and then he hands the donut back to her. Which I, I, okay, yeah, I know we're, the police and all this other shit is aggressive now, but it's funny in the movie. Um... But no, I, you're right. It's ridiculous that she's not like she's not going to gain weight in the day that she's going to be in her dress. It doesn't make sense. Now they could have maybe fixed this by saying like, "Well, you could if you eat this kind of food, you're going to get 
bloated and something's not going to... Even, like, a little no, attempt would have no, been fine. No, But, like, there's none of that. It just doesn't, it's just not necessary. It's not necessary. She fucking works out... It's a low-hanging fruit no, joke. it's stupid. Well, it's yeah, she's very much in shape, joke. right? It's a, like, hey, women, to be beautiful, you can only eat fucking rabbit food. Well, and she tries to break that later, but it's still kind of undercut because she goes and takes... She's trying to get in information about... Um, this bomber that's going to blow up something in the fe- the the pageant and brings the girl's pizza and the, you know they make she even then they're making jokes like oh you're just going to throw it up anyway or yeah, blah like, blah blah and it's pizza? light beer oh, she's going to throw it up later like oh yes let's make light of fucking bulimia <laughs> cool cool sandy it's weird it's a weird uh the 2000s is this weird post 90s pre now it's this weird transition time of like ugh. okay so Bitching aside, I'll, let's talk about some stuff that works because there's a lot that works. I think. Uh, I think most of the once she gets to the pageant, her interaction with these girls, other than like the eating stuff, yeah, pretty charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main other girl is like Heather Burns, right? Mm-hmm. She's uh, which state is she from? Yeah, Rhode like Island. she's super sheltered, Miss Rhode Island. She's mm-hmm. super sheltered, and there's there's some good interaction here with that. I kind of enjoy that, and you know, the whole idea here is that you know. She learns that these women are intelligent and perfectly fine, and they're trying to get scholarships and yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. I think I related to this movie a little bit because I go, I looked at pageants at that time with the same attitude that she does, that they're dumb, just they're, it's a fucking beauty pageant, they're stupid pageantry, and, and I think this movie tries to, like, say, you know, they're, they're, there's more to them than that. I mean, I think some of it, pageants are problematic. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of it's a pro- some of it's some of it is based on this nature of like looking at women, yeah, in swimsuits and and. But I I understand that a lot of women do it because it is much more than that, and there's good things that come out of it. Right now, the movie has a very complex uh, message when it's trying to also sell that, but then like your villain turns out to be the person who's running the pageant. Yeah, <laughs> it's Candace Bergen who is uh, mad that she's getting, like, kicked out of it, uh, has concocted a plan to literally blow up the winner with a bomb with her fuck-up son that they made, and they're trying to pin it on this other uh, th- terrorist, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to, like, made it, make it look like another terrorist is doing it. Um, but then if that, that gets... That person actually gets caught, and so they have to come up with this other plan, and they're trying to... It's stupid. It's a silly way of going about it. Um, it's kind of a weird use of... Candace Bergen. I like Candace Bergen in general, but um, she doesn't have a whole lot to do here as a villain. I don't know. It just doesn't work. William Shatner's pretty fun, though. One thing I think that does work is it shows you 15 minutes before the movie's over, that, or maybe even 20, bef- that it, she's the bad guy. Yeah, it doesn't play dumb with it's that. It's not like, oh, shocking at the very end. No, it's just like, here you go, this is the bad guy. So then like, you're going to watch it play out knowing that everybody knows. That that's a better decision. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of this, a lot of this works because, this, again, Sandra Bullock. It set, you know, the first scene in the movie sets up like this little kid who, uh, like, she gets, she sees a other boy getting picked on. Mm-hmm. It's actually maybe the best scene in the movie, actually, it's without Sandra Bullock. 
she, yeah. she, the other kid's getting beat up, so she goes over there and she, well, she just punches that kid out, right? Yeah, she punches the bully right in the fucking throat. And basically. then the kid that was getting picked on is like, oh, thanks. Now I have to, like, I'm the guy that got beat up by the, or got, had to get help by the girl. God, get away from me. So then she just straight up punches this kid in the face, yes. which I think is amazing. And I think, I think that's why I immediately <laughs> fell in love with this movie and I was like, this movie can do no wrong. I yeah. love this movie. No, that's a great scene. And I, and I, I think the spirit of that character does carry through in some of these scenes. I like her banter with Michael Caine outside of the eating stuff because, yeah, he's you know he he's able. It's a kind of it's Michael Caine's who's able to get away with like God, you're disgusting. Even though we know that she's not disgusting. Oh my God! And... There was one scene that was so funny where he's saying something and then she says something like he's like, "Have you heard of this?" And she's like, "I have not." Or she says it in like a British accent. Yeah. Oh my God! Super funny. I mean, this is a this is a character that snorts when she laughs. Yeah. And that's so stupid, and yet, like, it's kind of charming in yeah, the movie. Yeah, she's so cute. Who she's good in it, her? and she's good in these pratfalls, and she's good in, um, you know... I also really kind of... It was my other favorite part of the movie is when she... Her, she's got... she For her talent, she's doing uh, music with uh, glasses of water. Mm-hmm. And it get, she does it one time in the preliminaries or whatever, but she sees a guy with a gun in the crowd, so she tackles him and stuff. I actually kind of like the... Uh, her excuse for like maintaining her cover because mm-hmm. um the joke which is in the trailer is like oh everybody in texas has a gun like you can't be worried about every person in the crowd has a gun but um so she goes on the news like what were you doing why'd you tackle that person She's like well i saw that he was like lighting a cigarette and i just you know this pat we really had to stop the smoking it's really not good for you blah 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 and she like used it as a pageant answer which i thought was pretty funny and then, so then her glasses get messed up or their people are drinking out of it so she decides to do like a self-defense class as her talent on the show and she just like has been right up there and she just beats the shit out of him doesn't pull punches it's amazing yeah it's fucking great because i just been wanting that fucking guy to get punched. this is the kind of movie where you know in the, in the 80s and 90s when like partners of movies like like a gary Busey or a jeff daniels like partner like you don't want it to happen but like they get killed because mm-hmm. it's like they didn't they weren't afraid to like raise the stakes right yep. for their movie whether it was lighthearted or not like you might lose a guy right yep this is what this movie needed. Like, Benjamin Bratt needed to get fucking killed. <laughs> oh, whoa. Like, he should have come across Candace Bergen, like, tinkering with something, and then he... he and then she should have slit his throat or slit something? Slit his throat, and that's it. Hi, <laughs> Minnie. That's how much I hate his character. I know. I can't believe that I liked that character. I mean, I guess it's here's the trick. 17-year-old. Here's You know what? And here's the trick. It's not... You don't like him. I don't think you ever liked him then. I think you like... Sandra Bullock being like teasing him like you think I'm pretty yeah. you you want to hug yeah. me I think you want to kiss because me. that's funny and yeah. we like her you're like oh she so we're just like on board for for that right yeah and you want I want her to triumph I want her to get everything she wants so curiously we uh the DVD that we watched this on has the sequel Miss Congeniality 2 Armed and Dangerous I think that's called Armed and Fabulous that's what it is sure Came out five years after. Uh, no Benjamin Bratt, no Michael Caine, um, no Candace Bergen, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that Benjamin Bratt didn't show up, but it's Regina King and uh, Heather Burns and William Shatner come back, and I don't think I've ever watched it. Maybe we should have watched it before we recorded this, but we didn't. I mean, that's what some real professionals would have done. <laughs> it's not in our time period, is it? No. <laughs> kind of, well, we're getting there. I guess it could be, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, movie works on Sandra Bullock. That's all I can really say. I hate Benjamin Bratt. What else do you want from me? That's it. <laughs> ben Bratt sucks. 
Sandy Bullock role. We got a little discussion about whether it's not... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I hear what you're saying about... Loving her character? About, like, a character who's not sexual and not being seen that way. But I just feel like it's such a weird setup because... It's it's not a it's not a thing a two thousand comedy is equipped to handle in no. that it, and I think I'm 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 giving it more credit than it deserves because what I'm trying to say my interpretation is like women can relate to that it really 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 sucks that a group of men who you work with can't see that you're fucking hot that's for but but that's not what this movie's doing no. And but also like we don't want that in the workplace either. No. <laughs> so it's like it's true. And so there's a and look there's a nuanced uh spectrum of that, right? Where women want to feel attractive and want to be comfortable in their body and they want to feel like they are desirable in appropriate ways, right? Yeah. And so this movie's not equipped to handle that spectrum. It is just no. like oh, she's ugly. Oh, if we straighten her hair, she's pretty. Okay, but Oh, now like, we're going to slap her like, butt. I mean, real talk, I'm always down for a good makeover scene. It's just fun. It's like it's like when you're watching Property Brothers As, and you're watching the make I mean, there's fucking an entire channel called HGTV that is basically for fucking millennials. It's like, hey, we know you like makeovers. We're gonna do it to houses. Oh, don't you love that? As you noted though, it this movie does not have like a quote unquote montage. This is true. It kind of spread I mean it, it kind of does. There's, it has a big scene though. There's dialogue kind of spruced in between it, and there's not a lot of like there's not like a poppy punchy pop I, song I going over song would make it better yeah like or and like a trying on of clothes scene right but what i love about it mm-hmm. is it's um insanity it's like we have to hire these like 20 professionals to pluck her eyebrows and wax her and and take care of her hair well that's what i mean i don't her. think she's not that far off in the beginning from, no, from this but it's, it's just it's ridiculous but also fun because i feel like for those of us women who don't um, do the prim and proper grooming on a regular basis. Sometimes it feels like the women that do go through a fucking lot of like stuff to to pull off the looks they're they're making happen. So it yeah. feels like oh my god, if I were to look like that, it would take a fucking team of fifty people. I don't think so, but I don't think it would have taken Sandra Bullock a team. I don't think it's going to have taken you a team. Um, oh, the other question. So that's the last thing we should talk about. Is that I am, you're doing your tea time, but you don't have a tea time. Um, porn, porn stuff. We kind of alluded to this before, but like, so how old do you think is Sandra Bullock supposed to be herself in the movie? 30, maybe? Maybe a little younger? When when they're looking for candidates, Mm -hmm. they say, oh, we're looking for someone under 35. They say that? Oh, for, for the FBI to infiltrate, right? Yeah. So they, assuming they can pass as younger, right? Yeah. But see, um, so this is why I was very confused because it's all about getting scholarships, right? Yeah. But they're all, like, Sandra Bullock clearly doesn't look like she's 20. So I thought, like, okay, well, that, she can't pass as 20. Like, she just can't. And I, for the, like, for the good. Like, she shouldn't. Like, I don't want to, don't want to see that, right? Um, but then, like, there's a scene where they go out to a bar and they're all over 21. They can all legally drink. And so that's a thing. So, Miss United States pageant is a pageant held in the United States for unmarried women between the ages of 20 and 29. That's so weird, by the way. <laughs> that it's unmarried? I, that's kind of weird, that's right? That's a fucking unusual, like, Because it says Miss? Like, that's so fucking weird. Is there a Mrs. United States? Maybe there is, but that's also, like, weird. <laughs> that is Like, why? Why, are, why is the stipulation? Because we're ogling them, right? That's, come on. That's the reason. Like, oh, well, there is single. a Mrs. United States there is, but like that one's not televised, is it? Mrs. United States. 
this is my question because I was asking because yeah, in Seinfeld, he date. There's an episode where he dates like a Miss America. Uh, are you looking at Miss USA or Miss America, and what's the difference? I was looking at Miss United States. Okay, well, there's Miss America sense. too, and there's Miss Universe. These are all they're all different. Um, yeah, I don't know, like because it seemed weird to me even in Seinfeld. It's like, well, how he's dating this like pageant girl? Like, how old is she supposed to be? But Apparently they're over 20, but they're going, but they specifically in this one say like they're getting scholarships. And I, listen, people can go to college or do whatever they want whenever they want, obviously, but it just seems like if that was the major draw, they would probably draw younger girls, like 18 to 22 range, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I just am very confused by this whole world. I don't watch these. Um, you know, we had a president for a little while who was very much involved in these things, which was um, not comfortable, so... Tell me more about that. Tell me more about what? What what you remember about that. What I remember about what? Donald Trump? Yeah. Uh, he used to run one of those pageants. Which and one? I don't remember. Miss Universe or Miss Samara? I don't remember. It was at I one see. of his hotels. Okay. Here's what I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Not related to Trump, because that's grody. I don't actually want to know more. Thanks. Oh, I think I do, but I don't want to get uh, yeah. death threats. <laughs> so if you, my my friends, go to MrsUnitedStates.com. Mrs. United States. Um, well, you can go and you can collect division, click divisions, and you can put your, your date of birth in there, and it will tell you which pageant you can apply for. Oh. So I put in my date of birth and I asked you if you're married, and I said yes, and it says your division is Mrs. United States. Oh. I'm going to apply. Get in touch with our staff for complete information. What age does that go up to? I don't know. Why wouldn't they just tell me that? Why do I have to put in my date? Why isn't just when did that one come up? I have a. I'm very confident that Mrs. America wasn't a thing until well after someone started complaining about. Uh, you have a thing where you say they have to be single. Like that's fucking weird. Can you like explain yourself? And they're like, no, no, no. It's cool. We have a Mrs. America right here. Here it is. We've been doing it for years. What does title year mean? Does that... No, no. Let's see. Mrs. America Contest. I didn't even know there was such a thing. All I remember... Uh, it's celebrating its 45th anniversary this year. Mrs. America? Yeah. Yeah, but how long has Mrs. Uh, Miss, Miss America been going on? I don't fucking know. I can only look up one thing at a time. All I remember is that, like, back when these were on TV more, and maybe they still are, I always remember it being, like, the top... Like, it was always weird, and this actually... The movie actually addresses this as, like... The televised thing is, like, there's, like, one segment with, like, all 50 girls, and then, like, right at the beginning, they're like, well, here's the top 10, and then all the other girls are like, oh, sorry, you're shit out of luck, you're out of here. And it's always, like, yeah. New York, California, it's all the same major states. Right? Oh, Alabama. There's always some stuff. 1921. Oh, so, yeah. they So, right around what year, they were just, like, some... 26 years later. They were like, hey, what the fuck? What's this thing about, like, single women? They're like, we, we, well, we got a Mrs. America. It's totally fine. What a weird thing. Originating in 1921 is a bathing beauty review. Now, that being said, um, I had a, a good friend uh, in high school who I would have never thought would have wanted to go on a quote-unquote pageant run. But then when you learn, she didn't, I don't know exactly the pageant she went and did, but she did very well at it. She did it for academic reasons. She was very good at a lot of the other things. It wasn't just like going I don't there was no swimsuit thing it was just like maybe maybe they had like a dress and they then they did a talent there wasn't like a there sure. wasn't a lot of it was un, you know it's underage or whatever but anyway I thought that that was uh, totally fine I it, it, you know our high school scholarship money our high school it. had a, a a a male thing we called it Mr 
high school or something. Yeah, and it was a male pageant, and it, uh, the dudes did it. I, of course, didn't. I wasn't going to do that because I was not popular. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this is getting awkward. Yeah, uh, but you know. That was just for like I don't think that was there was a scholarship involved in that though. That was just for Okay. Hey, stop. Nobody cares. What? Nobody cares about your high school years. That's a joke. I'm joking. Just giving you information. Didn't you do a little skit during the uh, presentation of the winner of that? I did it for, for Mr. Uh, high school or whatever. I did it for a, a friend who was in it. Mm-hmm. But I was so I was briefly in I did something but it, I was not involved in the actual Did you play the guitar or something? No, that's a different thing. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't actually play guitar. What was the name of that competition? What? The the boy one. Which one? The one you're talking about. Oh, it was like Mr. Well, it's just the Mr. The name of her high school. Oh. Yeah. CHS. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mr. CHS. Yeah. So, I no, I, 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 no, but that's not when I played the guitar. No, I played the guitar in something else in which I, but here's the, the funny thing is, is that I don't play guitar. I, this yeah. I know. This I know, Tyler. Anyway, we're talking about this because we it's a movie from 2000. What is the point? You're going to tell me we're... Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm I was just saying that, like, I, we were talking about how pageants are weird, but then I was just making a point of, like, not all pageants are weird. Some of them are totally great. Ah, uh, they're all pretty stupid. <laughs> just have a fucking scholarship process. Okay. We don't need all the pageantry, if you will. But... <laughs> yeah, crushed it. Swish. Slam dunk. There's a pretty good movie came out this year that's about a pageant called Miss Juneteenth. That's very good. You know, I know, I like another pageant movie. Hmm. Uh, Drop one. Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. That's, we should put that on a list. I don't know if that's in our time period. I don't know. There's a people, there's a lot of people that love that movie mm-hmm. and a lot of people that don't. But um, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, you should watch it and see if you like it. Yeah, it's one of those uh, uh, big blind spots of that time period. It's got Kirsten Dunst in it. Does it? Or is that... Uh, is that really? She's not yes. in that, is she? Yes. I saw Bring It On, same 2000, but I didn't see... Uh, Dirt. Yep. Pretty what? certain it's her, but my laptop's closed, so I can't <laughs> now. And that's how we roll at Old Millennials gorgeous. Remember Movies, yeah. a podcast about movies from the time we grew up, where we share very unhelpful information. Hopefully. Very unhelpful information, foggy details, and misinformation It often. should be like Old Millennials Misremember And then movies. we argue, and then we end up arguing about things where we're basically in agreement, but you, could, you wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think it's terrible that a woman can't do... Wait, aren't we saying the same thing? I don't know what's going on. You that, seem angry at me. That basically <laughs> sums up our marriage, where it's like two people love each other, but they're arguing basically in agreement, but you can't tell. Yeah. Yeah, I like All it. I want to say is that Benjamin Bratt's shitty in this. Yeah, he's a shitbag. I'll give you that. But Sandy Bullock, she's right? A, she's Sandy great. New Year, what a great... So fabulous. Great in everything, I'll tell you what. She's never, she never goes wrong, even in movies that are bad. All right, people, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies, Miss Congeniality, Year 2000. Go watch it and watch and drink every time you see Benjamin Bratt chewing. You'll be dead by the end of the movie. (laughs) Or very drunk, and you'll hate him as much as we do. You'll be dead. (laughs) It'll be like that thing where we break the glass for you and be like, good God, he is chewing a lot. Fuck this guy. And yes. It's constant chewing. All right, guys, have a good one, and we will talk at you another movie bye man i feel like a woman that was in the trailer (laughs) 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 miss congeniality 